my friends. It's me, Nadine. I'm back. I'm sorry I've been MIA for a few weeks. Uh, I just started a second job, and so I've been a little busier. And also, I've been feeling very lazy, which happens a lot. So sorry. Uh, but anyways, as we've finally gotten our first few chilly days of fall after the nightmare hot summer we've had, I'm kind of in the mood for something spooky. So I've got a spooky autumn story for you to get started. So sit back with a snuggly blanket and enjoy. The Pumpkin Spice Horror In the summer of 2002, in the suburbs of Seattle, the citizens there were terrorized by a madman who had come to be known as Count Pumpkin. He had been given this name because witness statements had described him as a very tall man in a very fancy cloak and boots, but with a head at least twice the size of a normal head, topped with the most unnatural orange hair. This dapper and terrible gentleman had a strange taste, a taste for the flesh of young women. He spent the late summer that year murdering at least 50 women, leaving their bodies to rot like overripe berries in the sun. The women had nothing in common, it seemed, except for strange choice of footwear. Although the summer had been a hot one, all of the victims were found wearing calf-high sheepskin boots. The women of Seattle were terrified, and none of them would leave their houses in their favorite boots, so their Uggs sat collecting dust in their closets. By early September, however, the women had had enough, and their fear evolved into a primal rage and many local book groups decided to combine their forces and turn the tables on this monster. Women went out on patrols in groups of ten. One woman would act as bait, followed at a short distance by the rest. They patrolled for several nights, nearly losing hope, until the evening of September 20th, when the Count finally fell into one of their traps, attempting to capture a woman named Karen. As he tried to kidnap her from a Target parking lot, her nine protectors descended upon him, and while only meaning to incapacitate him and let the police handle the rest, succumbed to the rage that had been boiling within them for months. They tore the man, later identified as one Brad Bradley, limb from limb, using their teeth to rip into his flesh. Needless to say, Brad, a.k.a. Count Pumpkin, met a gruesome end that night. The women were hailed as local heroes, and the DA decided not to press charges when all of the women claimed they had succumbed to a temporary kind of insanity, and that they didn't even realize what they were doing until it was over. The public was satisfied that a brutal justice had been served that night, and there was very little outcry at the DA's decision. The day after this nightmare was finally brought to an end, on the very first day of fall, women across the state and across the country showed their support for these ten brave heroines by adding a new spice to their life. That spice was pumpkin spice. They demanded pumpkin spice everywhere, in their lattes, their cookies, their ice creams, and their teas. Some very committed women even added the spice to their popcorn and salads. It was a magical time to be alive, and the women of Seattle wouldn't take their lives for granted anymore. They committed to live, laugh, and love like it was their last autumn on earth, because, for some of them, it very well could have been if those brave women hadn't taken care of business. 
Now, each year, as autumn falls, women across the country pay homage and remembrance to the victims and heroines of that fateful summer. They eat pumpkin pie in honor of the bodies of the Count's victims. They drink pumpkin spice lattes to remember the Count's blood, which was spilled for them over the asphalt of that Target parking lot. And they wear their Ugg boots with pride and without fear. The end. Alrighty, guys. We're going to keep doing the spooky thing here. Uh, I found a list of spooky questions on thoughtcatalog.com. Uh, there are quite a lot, so I'm only going to answer the first 20 because I'm lazy, as I said earlier. So, here we go. Number one. If you were given the death penalty, what would your last meal be? Uh, it would probably be all-you-can-eat crab legs, and here's why. Because I really love eating them, and I will eat and eat and eat and eat them, and just be happy for maybe like a half an hour, and then I'll be miserable, because like all that butter and shit in your stomach, like it starts to make me feel sick, and that's like the worst part of it. So being able to just eat all those crab legs, knowing that like I'm gonna be dead in a half an hour anyways, like I think it would be kind of perfect. Number two, what do you want etched onto your tombstone? I don't want a tombstone. I want the least amount of muss and fuss for my afterlife care. I don't even really want a coffin. I mean, if I have to have one, fine, whatever, but I kind of just want to be cremated and then, I don't know, sprinkle me somewhere nice. Number three, if you were to commit a murder, how would you go about it? Well, I would be stupid as fuck to answer that question right now, but if I did commit the murder and was then acquitted of that murder charge, I would write a book, something along the lines of, if I did it, this would how I, this is how I would do it. Do it. <laughs> All right. Number four, have you ever said Bloody Mary in front of a mirror? Fuck no. But I did say Candyman a couple of times, but only, I could only say it two times. I couldn't go all the way to three because, you know, I don't like believe in all that shit, but also I'm not stupid and I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. Number five, would you spend a full night inside of a haunted house if someone paid you? That would depend on A, who was haunting the house and B, how much they were paying me. Because, uh, I mean, I think there's some, like, haunty spirits that wouldn't bother me. Like, vengeful woman spirit that wants to murder men. Like, I think we would be cool with each other, so we could just, like, sit up and dish all night about men and how much they kind of suck sometimes. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I'd want to get paid, like, a good amount of money for it, something that will, like, set me up for life, you know, a couple million, something like that. So, sure, I mean, I guess it depends. Uh, next up, number six, have you ever used a Ouija board? What happened? Um, I'm sure that I have, but nothing memorable happened, so I can't really remember. Um, I'm gonna say nothing really happened. Uh, number seven, have you ever had an unexplainable experience with the supernatural? No. Not really. I mean, I've had a lot of that corner of your eye bullshit where you think you see something moving behind you, but 
then you like whip your head around and there's nothing there and you're like oh my god why why was I so scared oh my god you need to tap me to pussy ah but no not really next up number eight do you have a hunch about the way you will die no I don't I don't really think about that a lot but for some reason I get the feeling that I'm gonna die before my mom if that's weird like that sounds that makes sense um like anytime I think about dying or the afterlife or whatever I think about telling my mom about all my funeral wishes because I feel like she's gonna be around when I'm dead to like take care of them and stuff maybe that's just because I think that she's gonna be around forever to be my mommy uh, number nine this is a good question which Stephen King novel unsettled you the most uh, let me preface this by saying that I've been reading Stephen King for a very long time and watching his movies and just all around enjoying him as a person like even though I don't know him personally but I will say I did just read The Shining for the first time and it really really like upset me and got to me but it wasn't so much like the creepy spooky stuff it was the guy it was the dad Jack Torrance who's obviously an abusive man and the way that he justified his abusive behavior throughout the story and the even though his actions kept getting worse and worse he was constantly able to spin it and justify it in his own mind about like why she made me do this thing why the kid maybe hurt made me break his arm why this other kid made me like punch him out or whatever it's always somebody else's fault like he was shifting the blame the whole novel which really like fucked up my head uh but it was really well written and i liked it but also hated it number 10 which unsolved murder fascinates you the most i don't know I, I don't really have an answer for that. I don't really care about them. So, like, I mean, I guess the only one, the big one that I can think of from, like, my youth was the Jean Benet Ramsey murder. But I'm assuming it was, like, her parents. Because that's what I think everybody assumed by the end of the whole fiasco. Uh, number 11. In your opinion, what is the most brutal way to die? Um, I would say aside from, like, being slowly tortured until you die from, like, blood loss or something, I'd have to go with either starving to death, which I think would be miserable just because of the time it takes, um, slowly realizing that you're gonna die and, yeah, uh, or in a fire, I don't know, fires always kind of freaked me out, so I think that would be brutal. Number 14, have you ever had your tarot cards read? Yes, I have, a few times by a few different people. Um, never in serious, like I never took it seriously because I don't really believe in tarot cards. I think they're the same as like horoscopes and like, I don't know, psychics. That Everything's really vague and if it's vague enough, you can fit it into the mold of, you know, whatever you've got in your head like uh there's 
something about the letter B. Does the letter B mean something to you? Oh my god, yes, B for ball. I had a ball when I was a kid. Oh, you're so, you're such a psychic. Oh my god. It's like, that's how I feel about tarot cards. Um, yeah. Number 15. Would you sleep inside of a coffin for a night? Fuck no, I wouldn't. But not because of spooky reasons. Because of uh, claustrophobia and also I need room to spread out in bed. Like, I have a full-size bed and it's still feels like it's not big enough for me but I also share it with my 10 pound dog and he takes up most of the bed so I guess I don't know I'd be more likely to sleep inside a coffin if my dog wasn't also sleeping inside the coffin because then I'd have more room but yeah uh number 16 in the zombie apocalypse what would be your weapon of choice my weapon of choice would be my friends (laughs) as long as they were like really good with survival skills just kidding um, I mean, there's like the classic gun, but I feel like I'm not a very good shot, but if I had a flare gun, I feel like I'd have a better chance of hitting my targets. Cause like the projectile is bigger. Um, and also it'd be cool to have a flare gun in case like I get lost from my friends that have survival skills so they could come back and find me. Uh, next up, number 17, what do you want your last words to be? Uh, I will answer in two ways. One, I would like my last words to be something cool like, I, I'm going to leave. But I think that knowing myself, they'd more likely be something road ragey like, Oh my god, you fucking bitch! Get the fuck out of my lane! What are you doing? Ah! And then I'd die. Next up is number 18. If you had to chop off a piece of your body, which would you choose? Well, actually, the answer to that is easy. I would chop off about two cup sizes worth of boobies from each of my boobies so that I could have less boobies and then I could wear tank tops without wearing a bra. And I'd be cool with that. Number 19. Which horror movie murder did you find the most disturbing? I've honestly been watching horror movies since I was a kid, which is probably why my brain's so fucked up. Um, so I can't really remember any specific horror movie murder that, like, upset me or stressed me out. But I will say the scene in, towards the end of Hellraiser, where Frank is, like, in the attic with no skin, and he, like, walks out, and, like, then he puts on Christie's dad's skin and like is wearing her dad's skin around that (laughs) that image has stuck with me for a while like it doesn't freak me out it's just like gross and it kind of makes me laugh I don't know that's one specific one that I remember and then number 20 is would you buy a doll that you knew was haunted I'm going to refer you all back to number five and ask who is the doll haunted by. Because, um, I mean, you know, I don't know. But also, no, just because I have no reason to buy dolls in the first place. I'm not really a doll person. Unless I was buying it as a gift for someone that I really hated. I mean, I guess I would do that. Like, a, like buy it as a petty, like, here's a haunted doll, you bitch. Fuck you. Yeah, that's it. And that's all I'm going to answer off that list. There are a bunch more questions 
Oh my god, there's 50 questions total, so if you feel like answering some more of your own spooky questions, go to thoughtcatalog.com and check them out. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed my answers. Alrighty, pals, I made you an extra long one this week to thank you for your patience and for the few of you that nagged me to make a new episode. Sorry it took me so long. I hope this episode put you in a spooky mood for fall. If you have any burning questions that I can answer on a future podcast, please feel free to post them on my Facebook or my Instagram and have a spooky, spooky week. Bye.